you ready to talk fantasy football? Then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Berg. Week two of the fantasy football season is upon us. We thank you for tuning in to Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Mike Randall here with my partner, Scott Burke. You can find me on Twitter at Randall Rant. Scott right now is probably praying that Tariq Cohen doesn't take any more snaps from Jordan Howard. Scott, how are we doing today, buddy? Yeah, I'm not praying just yet. I'm doing all right, Mike. You know, yeah, I don't want to see Tariq Cohen take away from my boy Jordan Howard, but it was only week one. He's a, Howard is questionable this week, so that concerns me a little bit going into uh, week two, but hopefully that's just some nicks and bruises and he'll be good to go uh, this week for the Bears in Tampa Bay. If you never listened to the Picking Up the Blitz podcast, folks, we have a four-quarter format here where we take you through a general news and notes. Then we do the NFC home games, the AFC home games, and finally we have some rapid fire here in the fourth quarter. We are a very serious podcast. We don't mess around. You're not going to hear a lot of side stories from us because your time is valuable. So we get right into things. We move forward. Please feel free to contact the show on the Twitter handle at P-U-T Blitz. And Scott, tell the people where they can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at exactly the same handle. You can find us on Twitter. That's at P-U-T Blitz. You can search by picking up the Blitz. You can also search me. You can search Mike Randall. You can find us attached to that. Find us on Facebook. Follow us. Like us. Give us a review. Links to the podcast. Links to the website. Links to articles. Everything you need is there. Shoot us a question on Facebook. Shoot us one on, on Twitter. Get yourself a little uh, 10 seconds of notoriety on the show as well. Hey, you never know what happens. And if you want to know why you should, we're going to get right into the first quarter. Here we go. Scott, news and notes section. I think we have to start at one of the main topics that we had last week, which has continued into this week. Odell Beckham Jr. said out loud that his injury is a six to eight week week thing. Scott, it's only been four weeks. Concerned? Odell, what do you think? Odell Beckham Jr. is like that canker sore you just can't get rid of in your mouth. This injury just does not go away. You know, Kim Jones reports that she thinks it's a six to eight week injury, like you said. I'm assuming they're thinking six to eight when six to eight weeks from when it happened, which puts us, I guess, at about four weeks, four or five weeks right now. Listen, um, he, he can't practice. He's doing drills on his own. Do I expect him to play Monday night? I don't. Uh, I would say maybe at least another week. Maybe week three he tries to you know wrap it up, get play through a little bit of pain, and we'll we'll see what kind of metal he's working with. But I'm not expecting him to play against the Lions Monday night. I think this is another game he sits out. And uh, hopefully, you know, for the Giants' sake, they can uh, put together a little better performance than they did Sunday night in Dallas. Yeah, they need it badly. Next one I got here, Scott. Speaking Thursday, Dolphins coach Adam Gay said Jay Ajayi has been dealing with knee soreness, quote, for a while, end quote, but that it's, quote, not a big issue. Scott, a big issue to you? No, not a big issue yet. Let's see him on the field week two this week. Come up. Let's see how they look, how the Dolphins look. Yeah, I think you'll be able to tell right away if it's any type of issue. I think you know, all these NFL players have bumps and bruises. I know it's only second week. He didn't play too much in the preseason, so maybe that gives you a little bit of concern. But yeah, until I actually see him on the field, I, I can't be concerned with it. You know, He said he's a full full go for Sunday, so that works for me. Only concern for me, Scott, is he fell in the draft because they said his knee was basically bone on bone and he had some injuries at Boise State. I was able to load up on running backs in my dynasty league. I have Melvin Gordon. I have Devontae Freeman. I have Tevin Coleman. I have Jay Ajayi because people were so scared off. But I do worry about this because he has a violent running style. That being said, I think he should have a decent game at, at uh, Los Angeles against the Chargers, don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. Listen, the Dolphins, they've been itching to go. They had the extra week off through the hurricane. They go out against the Charger defense. C.J. Anderson ran pretty well against this team. Jamal Anderson did well last week. So, yeah, I would expect J.E.J. If J.E.J. is the is not just that three-game one-hit wonder that we saw last year, I expect J.E.J. to have 
a decent game here as long as he's on the field and healthy. I wouldn't necessarily say news and notes. I would say a little bit of a comment here. Melvin Ingram of the Chargers taking a shot at somebody you're a big fan of going into this year. Uh, talk to Mike DiGiovanni of the LA Times. Melvin Ingram, I'm on Jay Cutler. No, we don't see him as a problem for us at all. That quote directed directly at Jay Cutler for this week's matchup with the aforementioned Dolphins going into L.A. to face the Chargers. Your thoughts on Ingram's comments about your sleeper, Jay Cutler? Uh, like Melvin Ingram is a heck of a player, but he's wrong with Jay Cutler here. And that being said, I'm going to go back to my tweet, which we'll talk to in a little bit, Scott. I am my own man. I'm not a knee-jerk reaction guy. I love Jay Cutler this year. I'm going to caution everyone. I'm talking to you, Scott, and I'm talking to everybody on Twitter. Don't bring me the tweets after Jay Cutler plays poorly against the Chargers. He will. This is a terrible matchup. The Chargers lost. That Miami's flying all the way cross country to Los Angeles. Scott, the Dolphins have not played a meaningful game for starters since the third preseason week, right? So they're going to be a little rusty. I know they're healthy. This is not a good spot for Jay Cutler. I don't care about this week, Scott. I'm talking about rest of season. So Ingram's basically right. But to be honest with you, I think that Cutler is going to be good rest of season, just bad in this game. Yeah, I don't think you should expect any tweets from any fans about Jay Cutler. I think you're about one of only six or seven people high on Jay Cutler going into this year. So I wouldn't expect too much knee-jerk reaction from the uh, Twitterverse as well as the Facebook and the rest of social media. But, yeah, I mean, it is a tough matchup. Week week one for them, week two to go into L.A. First game, like you said, in a couple of weeks, starters have been on the field. So it could be a tough matchup, but, hey, you never know. Uh, one more for you here, Scott. Cam Newton, his shoulder, of course, coming back off of surgery, was limited at Thursday's practice. Now, this is a downgrade for Newton, who was a full participant on Wednesday. Only ring- reason I'm bringing this up here is because no one really talked about this, that when they went out to San Diego, uh, when they went out to San Francisco and won 23-3, Scott, Cam Newton was only 14 of 25 for two touchdowns and one interception. One thing I want to note, only 25 passes. Second thing I want to note, Scott, he only completed 14 of them. That's right around that 56, 58% completion percentage. I kind of think, as most people do, that Carolina is going to roll a Bills team that's undermanned. You concerned about this at all? What about Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches, who, by the way, didn't really do much. Benjamin had one catch for 25 yards. Funches, two catches for 20. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the, the Newton injury should be a concern, I think, in general. I mean, I was down on him going into this draft because of this injury and also coming off a terrible year. Again, we talked about this in an earlier episode, how he had a good, a very, very good MVP season two years ago when the Panthers went to the Super Bowl. But if you look at his historical you know, statistics, he's more of, you know, he is that 58, 59% completion guy. I do think the Panthers will beat the Bills relatively easily i think it could see it being very similar to the way they beat san francisco last week you know not much on offense they'll win the game 20 to 3 20 to 6 because i think the defense will be good enough to keep them in there but i am worried about cam newton i do like greg olsen in this matchup so i'm hoping that cam newton could at least find his tight end who he didn't find at all just like the rest of the receivers in san francisco but i think long term you have to monitor this i mean he He still went, I want to say, in his normal ADP spot in most drafts. I thought he was overvalued this year because of the injuries. So for me, I am worried about Cam Newton going forward, and I think it's a legit reason. I think it is a legit worry. I mean, it it was an injury that's going to take some time to come be fully healed. So yes, I am worried about Cam Newton. All right, one more news and notes for you, Mike. Thomas Rawls is expected to play week two. That from head coach Pete Carroll, who told Seahawks.com. Rawls is raring to go, quote, from Carroll. That backfield's already crowded. It's now going to add another piece to this with Procise, Lacey, with Chris Carson, now Thomas Rawls. What does this do for the Seattle backfield? Does this, if, if Rawls can produce, does this 
make it a little more clear for everybody, or are we still looking at one of those situations where it's going to take weeks before we know the answer? I love Chris Carson. I'm rooting for Chris Carson, Scott, but I think he was player 249 ninth in the draft selected. So they are not going to give Chris Carson the job right away unless all else fails. I do think Eddie Lacy is done. Eddie Lacy, five carries, three yards. It was a revenge game. You would think they would put him back in. They're not throwing him any passes. So I think Lacy is gone. But I do think, even though he's on the last year of his contract and he's very cheap, I think that Pete Carroll wants Thomas Rawls to win this job. They trust Thomas Rawls. They have no money invested in him whatsoever. I don't know if Lacey's going to vulture it. I like Chris Carson. I would not feel confident starting Chris Carson this week in standard or PPR at home against San Francisco because I think it's going to be a rotational basis. I think, Scott, they want Thomas Rawls to take this job, but whether he can or not remains to be seen. Yeah, I think Rawls is the guy they want to as well. I, I think they like ProSize as well, but it's just, it's, just, just too many mouths to feed there. I agree. Lacey, forget it. He's probably fourth in line at this point. He couldn't even be productive from the goal line. So if you can't do that, there's, there's no place for him in, in this rotation. But, yeah, this will take a couple of weeks to clear itself up. If Rawls can get in healthy and you know take the lead, he'll be the guy. First quarter on the wraps. Let's hit second quarter. All right, Scott, second quarter. Here we go. We'll go through the NFC home games as we do every week, folks. We're going to go through the NFC home games. Scott and I are going to alternate, do a little ping pong back and forth. Scott, I will start you off. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home, finally opening up their season. They get the Chicago Bears, who were one Jordan Howard to catch away at the goal line from beating the Atlanta Falcons. So what are your thoughts? My my, my thoughts are I'm not going to live down this Jordan Howard drop for at least six to seven weeks, maybe even longer. I'm going to need Tariq Cohen to fade away. I'm going to need Jordan Howard to get healthy, and I'm going to need some help here because – I can't do this on a week-to-week basis to hear about Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, it's been one week. I feel like I've been listening to him for about eight weeks about you bashing this pick. <laughs> but anyway, let's get to the game. Now, Tampa Bay is raring to go here. They, they, there's some expectations in Tampa Bay. They're in a division that's got some talent. The Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints. There's a lot of offensive talent in there. There's some big-time quarterbacks in that division. But there are some expectations now in Tampa Bay. I love Jameis Winston. I think both of us talked about this early on in the show. How we're both big fans of Winston. He's got, to me, top seven potential this year. You give him Mike Evans. You bring in a long threat. Yes, he's feast or famine, but you bring in a big-time deep threat into Sean Jackson. You draft him a tight end to go along with his other tight end in Cameron Brait. I think the Bucks are poised to have a nice year on offense. If that defense can be good and keep them in some games, I think Tampa Bay is good to go. As far as this game goes, love Tampa Bay to win this game. The Bears hung in there with the Falcons at home. Like I said, Tampa Bay is ready to go. They'll go on the road. The Bears will go on the road to face the Bucks. I think the Bucks win this game easy. I do think Jordan Howard, if he's healthy, will get his touches. But if the Bears do fall, be- fall behind, as we saw last week, Tariq Cohen will be out there. As far as playing-wise, with Jordan Howard being questionable, you got to monitor that up till Sunday. You know, if he's still questionable and you don't know if he's going to play or not, you might want to sit him for the week. It's very possible he's a guy you want to sit because Tariq Cohen will get the PPR plays. As far as fantasy plays in this game elsewhere, Winston is a go. Evans is a go. Deshaun Jackson is a go. I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to give Jaquiz Rogers the go yet. I want to see how he does, you know, in that full-time starter role right now with Doug Martin suspended. So for me, that's the, that's the go on the Tampa Bay side, the Bears side. I'd lean towards Tariq Cohen right now, but I would caution everybody to not, you know, think that this is the second coming of Priest Holmes from 10 years ago with the Chiefs. Oh, good call, right. Priest so Holmes, Scott. Uh, well done. Let's just let's see what he can do. If you're in a PPR league, play Tariq Cohen. If you're not in a PPR league and Jordan Howard's good to go, you're going to play Jordan Howard. PPR, you might want to sit him. If you have Cohen, if you 
picked him up as a handcuff on the white waiver wire, or if you were smart enough like my partner here to draft him as a as a backup for for Jordan Howard, then you play Tariq Cohen. Wide receiver wise for the Bears, they're so banged up. I, I couldn't give you anybody to start there that's gonna put up some consistent numbers. Kevin White's out again. If you're gonna take a shot, it would be Kendall Wright, but not enough consistency in the Bear receiving core. So for me, those are the guys you're going to start. Yeah, I like it. I think Cohen is game script dependent. I'm with you on the knee-jerk reaction. Tariq Cohen was number four in standard leagues. I think you got to be careful. But if you believe that this is going to be a negative game script for Chicago, I think Tariq Cohen's a good play. All right, Mike, you talked about revenge games a few minutes ago when we were talking about Eddie Lacy. This next game here has got revenge game written all over, and that's for one Brandon Cooks and the Patriots as they're going into New Orleans to face the Saints. You know, Michael Thomas, now the number one guy there, replacing Cooks for the Saints. Both teams 0-1. Both teams with some expectations, especially the Patriots, of course. Fantasy impact. I think there could be a lot here. What about you? It's amazing how people d- doubt Mike Gillisley. I don't understand the problem, Scott. It's mystifying to me. Bill Belichick has always used one guy as his goal line back. You can pick Jonas Gray for a short time. You can pick LeGarrette Blunt. Stephen Ridley was the guy. Remember that? Mike Gillisley is the guy. He really scored four touchdowns on the first night because one of them was called back initially. So he is the goal line guy. I'm not trying to make this complicated, Scott. I don't think Mike Gillisley's catching seven passes. I don't think Mike Gillisley's even necessarily running for 100 yards. I just think in a time here in fantasy when it's really hard to find reliable RBs because there's so many running backs by committee, <laughs> Amir Abdullah, I think that he's as reliable as you're going to get. I got him as a top six running back this week. I think he's very reasonable. I love Gillisley. Now, as ter- in terms of Rex Burkhead, Deion Lewis, James White, I think that's where you have to be careful. I'm not exactly fired up that we can definitely go for James White. He had three catches for 30 yards in the loss to the Chiefs, and he had 10 rushes for 38 yards. This could be a Rex Burkhead game. He was targeted a lot. He was involved a lot. And Deion Lewis, who knows? Maybe he'll come back. But Gillisley is reliable. I'm pl- I would certainly start him with confidence as an RB1. Tom Brady, next, no comment. Now, go to the receivers. The revenge game, Scott, usually worked well, but it got off to a bad start here in the, fir- in the first week with the Adrian Peterson bonk on the revenge game, as well as the Eddie Lacy bonk on the revenge game. I made a joke and I said, who's ready for the Mike Glennon revenge game when Chicago goes <laughs> to Tampa Bay? People like that. But uh, I, with Amendola out, he still has the concussion, six receptions, 100 yards in week one. Brandon Cooks is a must start. And we've been up and down on Brandon Cooks. This is a must start. They're going to get him the ball. He's an explosive receiver. He's going back to New Orleans. He's properly motivated. And by the way, Scott, who else are they throwing to? I think Chris Hogan is okay if you wanted a wide receiver receiver three. I'm not a big door set guy. You can't go with Dwayne Allen. Certainly you're starting Rob Gronkowski. Let's kick it over to the Saints. Saints at home are going to be very interesting. Drew Brees obviously is a very safe play. I don't like what I saw from Adrian Peterson with the arguing with Sean Payton on the sideline. I think Ingram is a safe RB2. I think this can go one way or another. Either Peterson can get rammed the ball because he barked, or Peyton could just you know, say to you, I don't need you, and sit him and not play him that much. This could go south very quickly. It's amazing, Scott, right? Nobody likes Mark Ingram. Peyton doesn't like Mark Ingram, but clearly he's the best running back. Kamara, if you want to use him, you can in PPR. He certainly was involved in the offense and was very involved in the Darren Sproles role. But I will caution you guys. I think the head coaches here are going to want to keep the other team's offense off the field. The knee-jerk reaction for the public is this game is going to be 72-70. to I don't think that's the case. When Bill Belichick, I think it was back in, I guess it was 2014, I think, when they had the game against 
Indianapolis. I put this on Twitter against the Colts. Jonas Gray had four touchdowns. I don't think that that the Patriots here are going to start throwing the ball over the place. I think they'll do decently, but I think they're going to want to run as the Saints are going to want to run. If you go to the Saints wide receivers, obviously you start Michael Thomas. Okay, he's home. If you drafted him, this is why you're drafting him to, into a game in which Dante Hightower may not play. So certainly the middle of the field could be it could be wide open. I think Ted Ginn's a wide receiver three, Scott, and I think Colby Cleaner Colby Fleener is a safe tight end one because he did very well and scored a touchdown against the Vikings. Couple quick, couple quick things on this one. I, I I agree with you on the the Patriots. Maybe if the Patriots had one week one, I would think they'd be trying to control this game on the ground. But the fact that they lost, I could see Gillisley being phased out here only because I could see this being an up and down game. I know you don't think seventy two to seventy. It won't be seventy two to seventy. But I do think with both teams coming in off a loss, both teams want to win. As far as that goes, so I think James White could be a sneaky PPR play here for the Patriots. I also like Chris Hogan to get a little bit more action. I think Cooks will be involved, but I like Hogan. As far as New Orleans goes, I love Mark Ingram this week. I know everybody's going to jump on the Alvin Kamara bandwagon. I think Sean Payton's going to go with the, back, with the back he trusts. He's got no loyalty to Adrian Peterson. So the fact that Adrian Peterson tried to show him up on the sidelines by being angry doesn't help his cause. Mark Ingram, I know nobody likes him down there, it seems like. But he's going to be the most reliable back in that game, passing game and everything. So I'm I'm on the Ingram bandwagon off the Kamara bandwagon for this week. Next one, we'll go to Carolina, Scott. Panthers come home after beating San Francisco. And the first place Bills of the AFC East are their opponent. Panthers-Bills, break it down. Yeah, not uh, to me, not too much fantasy Im- implications or impact on this side. LaShawn McCoy, you're going to start for the Bills. It doesn't matter where he is. He's the, he is the offense there, and that's the end of the story. LaShawn McCoy starts. On the Carolina side, I like Greg Olson this week. I think he's due to get a couple of catches. Yeah, the the Bills defense even let Will Ty catch three passes last week for the Jets. So if Will Ty can catch a couple, I think Greg Olson will find his way down the middle and get a few passes. Like we said, we talked about Cam Newton. I would not play Cam Newton this week because the injury worries me. I think this is just one of those, again, ho-hum games where they beat San Francisco. Jonathan Stewart's to play for me. I think McCaffrey will get his touches. But as the running back, I think they will, just like we talked about, you think New England might try to control this game on the ground. I think Carolina tries to control this game. And if they're going to try to control it, it's with Jonathan Stewart. It's not with Christian McCaffrey. Wide receivers, I don't play any of the wide receivers either. I mean, Benjamin was non-existent. Funches was non-existent. You're not starting Russell Shepard. This game has Panther win, uh, you know, written all over it. But it, again, it has Panther twenty to three, twenty to six win. Nothing, a couple of grand, but no field goals. Maybe a defensive score. So for me, I play the Carolina defense. If you have them, play the Panther defense. And that's really about it from a fantasy standpoint for me. Yeah, I love your comment on Stewart. I think Jay Stu is the play. I think McCaffrey, they take a step back. They talked about not giving in as much work, Ron Rivera said. They have a big playbook book for him, but I do like Jay Stu. And if you like Tyrod, I think it's going to be a negative game ship. Sean McDermott, Scott, head coach, going back to Carolina where he was defensive coordinator. And the book is usually that guy does pretty well in those games. So maybe the Bills will surprise, but I do think Carolina pulls away late and gets a double-digit win. All right, let's keep moving along in the NFC here. I'm going to give you right now the aforementioned San Francisco 49ers, who were just beat up at home by the Carolina Panthers, now travel to Seattle to face a 0-1 Seahawks team who looked pedestrian on offense in Green Bay. Something tells me they won't look pedestrian on Sunday at home against the Niners. Oh, well, it gives you that impression because the Niners only scored three points against the Carolina Panthers at home, and now they have to go up to the 12th man. <sighs> 
with people yelling like that. Give me a break. I'll start with San Francisco. Brian Hoyer, I give you so much respect for that stack. It didn't work out, but that was the right move. Hoyer obviously didn't come through, but certainly he had some chances there. He's not a start. We know he that. He overshot like Goodwin Car- by two yards or would have been a big 65-yard touchdown. Yeah. No, it's a good call. Scott's a good call. I like it. That's the way you win. I, I support the call. Trust me, I'd love to make fun of you, but I can't. I support that one. Carlos Hyde, Scott, I think you start him. I think he's an RB2. I, I, he's very involved in the offense. Scott, he had nine rushes, 45 yards, and he had six catches out of six targets for 32 yards. I think he's a very sneaky play. I think he's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. I would have no problem starting Carlos Hyde as an RB2, even in Seattle. Pierre Garçon, Garçon, number one receiver, Scott, but I can't start him against Seattle's cornerbacks. I can't start him. Richard Sherman, who I think was on the injury report this week, but I just I can't start him in Seattle. I'm sorry. I'm putting him on the bench. Marquise Goodwin, George Kittle, maybe down the line, decent tight end, but I'm passing on him. Matt Breida, don't even ask. Moving forward with Seattle, Russell Wilson is a top star for me. I think he's a top five fantasy quarterback, maybe even top three. Against San Francisco, this is a get-right game. As far as the running back, Scott, if you put a gun in my head and you make me pick one, I guess I'll take Chris Carson, but I don't have a lot of confidence in it. They, maybe they work in CJ Proceis, but you know me. We talked about this debate. Do you want the, the, the running back that's going to be there primarily on the running downs or the passing downs? In this case, in this game where Seattle's going to blow them out, I'll take the running downs. Doug Baldwin's a must start. Like what I saw from Paul Richardson. You talked about Paul Richardson last week. You liked him a lot. I think he's a reasonable start for a wide receiver three if you want to throw him in there. And of course, Jimmy Graham, Scott, I think he returns. I think he catches a touchdown. I think that's a must start as well. So Seattle across the board should be a bonanza. I don't see how this one is going to be a low scoring game. And I don't see how San Francisco is going to stop him. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, the San Francisco side, it's, it's amazing. Carlos Hyde gets no respect. Every year, sometimes because he can't stay healthy, he does have those bad games, but he was pretty clear that he was the number one guy. There was no Matt Brietta to worry about last week, so Hyatt, I think, is an RB2, like you said, and I agree, Bonanza on the Seattle side. Scott, really quick, just curious, remainder of the season, you take Jonathan Stewart or Carlos Hyde? Uh, Standard or PPR? I'll say standard. I'm assuming PPR, you take Hyde, that's why. Yeah, I am taking Hyde, PPR, standard, I'll take Stewart, but because Hyde, Hyde... Hyde offers you more in the passing game, and with McCaffrey there, Stewart's going to lose that. So, you know, the, to me, PPR Stu, uh, PPR Hyde, standard Stewart. You know, if you told me how to stay healthy, I'd probably take him in both. Next one, Scott, the Los Angeles Rams, the new 85-bear defense of the NFL. They are home uh, facing the Washington Redskins. Todd Gurley, Kirk Cousins, a lot of stuff here, Scott. Let us know. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thoroughly impressed by the Rams. I mean, you were all over the Rams last week. That defense, I mean, I know it was the Colts, they had no Andrew Luck, but I mean, they had two defensive touchdowns. They were all over the place with sacks. They were making plays. That Ram defense was thoroughly impressive. And I got to be quite honest with you, I expect them to be impressive again. I mean, they're home here again. The, the Redskins weren't that impressive at home against the Eagles. We both thought it was suspect that they were home underdog. We were both dead wrong. The Eagles went in there, won that game in the end by 13 points. Fantasy impact. I'm not starting Kirk Cousins for the Redskins this week. The Ram defense to me was very good. I want to see another week out of the Ram defense before I try to play against them. So for me, I'm not starting Kirk Cousins. Rob Kelly, I will start. I think he needs a bounce-back game. Atta boy. I think he Atta needs boy. a bounce-back game, and I think they'll try to get him involved because I think they will try to control this game on the ground early to, to keep that Ram defense on the field longer to try and wear them down. So for me, Rob Kelly's a start. Wide receivers, Jamison Crowder did not impress me last week. Josh Dotson does, has... No one knows who Josh Dotson is. He may not even play. Yeah, yeah he may not play this week. Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor, you're going to start. Terrell Pryor continues to offer value. I think him and the cousin, him and cousins will work on their connection. They'll get, they'll get tighter. They'll work on their route. So if you're going to start a wide receiver from Washington, for me, it's Terrell Pryor. On the Rams side, 
listen, I'm not starting Jared Goff just yet, but I want to watch him this week. If he comes out and has a similar game to the way he did last week, then you have to start giving some serious consideration to maybe picking Jared Goff up and putting him on your bench for a little while because he was a number one pick for a reason. Again, it was the Colts, but he looked ultra-efficient. His passes were crisp. He was hitting his wide receivers. He made one of his wide receivers a waiver-wire star in Cooper Cup, who, yes, in PPR, I will come back and play Cooper Cup this week. I will also play Sammy Watkins because I don't think the Redskins defense is that good. I know Josh Norman is there, but I think the Rams will try to move Watkins around. They'll try to move their receivers around to get away from Norman. So I'm still playing Watkins as he be, as he grows in this offense, and I'm playing Cooper Cup. Todd Gurley is a must-start. I know the yardage wasn't there, but the effort was there. Todd, what I saw from Gurley last week was someone determined to get away from that sophomore slump that he had last year. So I like Todd Gurley. I like Cooper Cup. I like Sammy Watkins. Give me another week or two. I may like Jared Goff. I'm with you across the board. I also like Jamison Crowder. He was hurt last week. I think he comes back to the Rams. I'm not totally sold on the Rams' pass defense. They struggle with Moncrief on the deep ball and T.Y. Hilton. Crowder's got a little bit of that juke rate that we talk about that we like, Scott. So I kind of like Crowder a little bit more than you, but the rest of it totally great. Sunday night, game that a lot of people have been looking forward to. Rematch of the NFC Championship game last year. We know what Matt Ryan did. I'm just going to give you a little hint. There's a lot of DFS implications in this game for me in a little while, but you have the Packers. Coming off the win against Seattle, the Falcons beating the Bears on the road. Both teams 1-0, rematch of the NFC title game. A lot of implications here. Break it down. See, this one is different than the Saints-Patriots, Scott, because I don't think either of these teams have the ability nor the interest to pound the rock, per se. You're going to start both Falcons running backs. If you have Tevin Coleman and you have Devontae Freeman, start them both with absolute confidence. PPR standard, whatever it is. They're both on the field a lot now, Scott. They're catching passes. Freeman's still the red zone guy, but I'm not going to pick them. But if you, I'm not going to pick between them. If you started them, start them both. One of them is a guaranteed RB1, and maybe the other one's an RB2. This is a high scoring game. Why would you mess around with other players like a Frank Gore, okay, or to see if, you know, who, which Seattle backfield guy is going to be there, or why would you even start players like Matt Forte on the road? Why would you do that? Start them both with confidence. Wide receivers, Julio Jones next. I think Mohamed Sanu is a wide receiver. Three last week, he wasn't terrible, Scott. I think he had 60 yards, something like that. He's a decent start. At some point, he's going to sneak in the end zone. I also think you're starting Austin Hooper. Now, you're going to tell me you're going to say, hey, Mike, Randall, you're starting all the Falcons. If I have though, if I had every single Falcon, Scott, no, I wouldn't start every single one of them. I'd probably bench Coleman. But assuming you don't have all those options and you're mixing and matching, I think all of them are great. Of course, Matt Ryan is going to be as well. Taylor Gabriel, I know he's great at home. I'd just be hesitant to start him as a wide receiver through because there's so many other options there, especially with Hooper. Moving over to the Packers, Aaron Rodgers next. Love Ty Montgomery. He's a tremendous start. The only reason, Scott, Ty Montgomery is not a top six fantasy running back this year is that sickle cell trait. If he happens to get injured, he has a longer recovery. He, there, I saw something, I, th- I forget where it was from, maybe Pro Football Focus. There is no running back that dominated more snaps as this team's lead running back besides David Johnson than Ty Montgomery. He's the only game in town. Uh, Mike McCarthy's an old school guy, not trusting J- Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones. I don't even know if he's active or not. Not trusting those guys. Ty Montgomery's a must start. Jordy Nelson, of course, you're starting. I'm calling it right now, Scott. The best receiver on the Green Bay Packers in this game, fantasy-wise, will be Devontae Adams. He had 14 uh, targets, 12 catches last year in the game during the season. He also caught a touchdown in the NFC Championship game. I don't think this is a Randall Cobb game. I would sit Randall Cobb, Scott. I would start Devontae Adams. I think he's going to finish higher than... 
Jordy Nelson, and finally Martellus Bennett. I like what I saw out of Martellus Bennett. Listen, I don't think he's a top five option because the Packers just don't use their tight end that well. But if you want a, a better option on the waiver wire, you're not going to find it. I would start Martellus Bennett with confidence. You forgot somebody. No, no, Richard Rogers. I love, you know, it's funny, yeah. guys. Just to catch you up, I've been tooting. I've been, I've been, you know, blowing the Richard Rogers horn for so many years, and I've been so wrong about it. And Scott just laughs. He's actually been a real good guy about it because he could have ripped me more. Besides the Hail Mary game, which was actually hilarious. For some reason, I fall in love with the tight end in Green Bay. I guess Scott, after all these years, I just feel listen, it has limited upside. Jermichael Finley, I used to love. I'm going with Martellus Bennett. If Richard Rogers gets the touchdown, we'll go left. No, Bennett's a good call. I mean, you could almost start everybody. I am with you. I absolutely love. Ty Montgomery this week, season long, DFS. I love Ty Montgomery pretty much in every aspect you could think of this week. This is going to be an up and down the field on both sides of the ball. This is going to be, I don't know if it's going to be a similar to the NFC title game, but it's going to be close. There are going to be points galore in this game. Uh, love Ty Montgomery, though. Big time play this week. Scott, bringing home on the Monday night game, Lions, after a big win against Arizona, are playing the Giants in the Meadowlands, and they are reeling. This is a Monday night matchup. And a lot of stuff's going to happen here. If the Giants write the ship, I think it'll be fine. But if the Lions win this game, they are 2-0. They are a legit threat in the division. And the Giants are reeling. What do you got? Giants bouncing back or no? I believe in the Lions. I liked what I saw last week. They got off to a little bit of a slow start. But I loved what I saw from Matthew Stafford. That's a good Cardinals defense that they, you know, he picked apart for 290 and four scores. I'm a big fan of Matthew Stafford. I love, I love him going into this week, Monday night. I know it's on the road. But from a quarterback standpoint, if you have Matthew Stafford, I'm playing him. The other side of this on the quarterback side, I'm not playing Eli Manning. If somehow Odell Beckham become by some miracle gets some laser treatment or gets a cortisone shot and his ankle is perfectly fine and he's back on the field, then Eli Manning you can consider for a start. But what we saw in Dallas from Eli Manning without Beckham on the field and what we saw from that offense, it was abysmal. The Lion defense, they got to the Cardinals last week. They got to Palmer. They forced him into three picks. They pressured him. They had him running around. Palmer isn't mobile. Neither is Eli Manning. He's not mobile either. I know everybody's expecting the Giants to bounce back and win this game. They're a three-point favorite at home. They should be a favorite at home. But for me, I like the Lions here. On the Lions side at running back position, I'm playing Theo Riddick. I'm not playing Amir Abdullah. Theo Riddick, I think, will be part of game flow. I think he'll be more involved passing game, PPR points. So for me, Theo Riddick, I would sit Abdullah. Wide receivers, Golden Tate's questionable, but if he's healthy and he's on the field, play Golden Tate. He had 10 targets last, 10 catches last week, went over 100, quietly did his thing against the Cardinals defense. I know Patrick Peterson shadowed Marvin Jones, but Marvin Jones also did score. I'm also playing Marvin Jones. I'm not playing Eric Ebron. On the Giants side, I already told you I'm not playing Eli Manning. The running backs, the only one I would consider playing, and it's because of his ability to do both is Shane Vereen, and I think he would be a potential high RB3, low RB2 this week. So if you're going to play with giant running back, for me, it's Shane Vereen. The wide receivers, look, Brandon Marshall was nowhere to be found last week. If you have him, play him. I think you'll find him this week. He will get the, he will get the targets and the touches. I'm not playing Evan Ingram. I'm not playing Red Ellison. I'm not playing Sterling Shepard. Yeah, Paul Perkins. Can we, can we hear this music? Bring in the music here for Paul Perkins. Let's put Paul Perkins to bed. He's done. I agree with you with Shane Vereen. You want to say Eli's going to bounce back. I'm rooting for it, but I think the OBJ thing is a big question. As far as the Lions, this is it, man. I've been down on Stafford. You've been high on him. He comes in here, he chucks three touchdowns and gives you like 24 fantasy points, Scott. You're going to be looking pretty darn good. I mean, I know the game was at home, but he 
That the Cardinal defense is good. No, I mean that is a good Cardinal defense. They put up thirty five. Very, very good. And he threw the ball to everybody except for Eric Ebron, and the Lions went in and won won that game pretty handily. So I know David Johnson got hurt, but to me, I don't think that would have made a difference in that game. So yeah, I I like the Lions to go in and beat the Giants and set you know the tri-state area into quick quick panic mode at the Giants are staring at 0 two. NFC down. Here comes the AFC third quarter. All right, Scott, third quarter, we're going to the AFC. A few more games here, I think, than the NFC, so this should be very interesting. Uh, game tonight, you got any comments? We're about uh, through the third quarter here. Any, thought, any yeah, thoughts this game, on the Bengals? Yeah, this uh, Texan-Bengal game started <laughs> off slow, and it's still pretty slow. Listen, Joe Mixon owners, you need to be worried because Joe Mixon is in a three-man rotation right now. Giovanni Bernard's been on the field. Jeremy Hill's been on the field. Mixon got lucky. He fumbled the ball. He hit the ground first before he fumbled it, so he got lucky and recovered fumble, but he really hasn't done much. A.J. Green's made his plays, but Andy Dalton, God, he still looks terrible um, as, we, as, I, as we watch this game here on Thursday night as we record this episode. Um, Houston side, DeAndre Hopkins has been non-existent. Somebody you mentioned to me earlier, tonight's been on the field a little more than we expected. Deontay Foreman has been out there more than I had expected. He's got some touches. He broke a nice run earlier in the game. Uh, Scott, you know what? Scott, you know why? Hold on a second. Uh, I think I hear Lamar Miller. Yeah, he's got a tomb right next to Paul Perkins. So, yeah, Deontay Foreman's looking good. Yeah, yeah. Lamar Miller's in a little bit of trouble. His playing time has been slowly, slowly, slowly deteriorating out there in Houston. Uh, The big play in this game was right before the end of the second half. Deshaun Watson on a third and 15. Scrambled, scrambled, broke free. A couple of tackles. And before you knew it, it was a 60-yard touchdown run into the end zone. He looked good. He juked a few people, but was relatively untouched. So, for Bengal defense, you got to be a little worried about that. But other than that, this is... Kind of got a bit of game I kind of predicted. I mean, I think I told you 9-3. to three. Yeah, We're kind of in that range. It may finish a little higher than that. <laughs> right but, on, but man. This, <laughs> but this has been one of those typical early season Thursday night snooze fests, and we'll talk more about it when we do our recap in the next episode. Scott, really quick, you know what this game means to me? Stock up Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, it, it no might. Lu- no, luck, no luck in the Colts. The Texans don't look good. Okay, it's Tennessee and Jacksonville. Man, if they maul the Titans on Sunday, the Jaguars bandwagon will be filled. Woo! Yeah, the Jaguar, the Jaguar bandwagon. There'll be a lot of a lot of loose cougars running around in Jacksonville. <laughs> AFC Scott, let's start with it, man. Titans, they visit Jacksonville. Talk to me. You starting all the Jaguars? <laughs> what Jaguars? <laughs> what are the Jaguars on offense? If you're talking about the defense. I'm probably starting a defense. I am not starting Blake Bortles. Allen Robinson is out for the year with that torn ACL. The poor guy was, you know, big, big bust last year, and then he gets on the field this year and can't make it out of the first game. I know Allen Hearns was the popular waiver pick, so was Marquise Lee. Uh, you know, if I'm going to start one of them, I, I, I'm going to start Allen Hearns only because he's got a little bit of a track record. I need to see something out of Marquise Lee before I were to start one of those wide receivers. So if you're asking me to start one of them, it's going to be Allen Hearns. The running back, you're going to start Leonard Fournette. Listen, I know he ran the ball 26 times, but he did get 100 yards on the ground. He did score a touchdown, caught a couple of passes. So from the Jacksonville side, that's that's going to be their game plan. Is they're going to try to wear you down with the run because Blake, they don't want Blake Bortles making mistakes. So for me, Fournette is a play. Um, if you have Chris Ivory and you have to play him or you need someone to play, you could take a shot that he gets the goal line touches, but that's only if you're, you know, you're one of those guys that drafted David Johnson. You couldn't get Kerwin Williams or Andre Ellington, and you couldn't pick up Buck Allen. 
and you got no choice, give Chris Ivory a shot. Other than that, it's four net for me. Tennessee side, I know the Jacksonville defense is legit. I'm still starting Mac- Marcus Mariota. He looked healthy to me last week. He ran the ball. He ran around with the ball a little bit. He didn't throw any touchdown passes, but he also didn't throw any picks. He looked like the guy I was hoping to see. I think he takes a step forward this week. DeMarco Murray, you got to play. I know the Jacksonville defense is tough, but you drafted DeMarco Murray late first round, early second round for a reason. He's on some some people's teams. He is an RB1. So you're going to play DeMarco Murray in this game. I don't know how productive he's going to be. I think game flow will dictate that. But I think just like Jacksonville is going to try to maybe pound the ball a little bit, Tennessee might try to do the same thing. And this, like you said, these two may be the two teams that are at the top of the division now. So this might be a feeler out game in the first quarter, quarter and a half to see how it goes. And then it could take off from there. Wide receiver side, Rashard Matthews, yes. Eric Decker, no. Corey Davis is still a no for me. I know he had a nice game in his rookie game, you know, rookie debut with six for 69, but he's still a no. And the unsung hero, Delaney Walker, he is a yes. You start Delaney Walker because he will get five, six, seven catches. He'll get his 60 to 70 yards, and he will most likely get you a touchdown. So Delaney Walker, you start. Delaney Walker is a must-start. I'm glad you talked about that. He's almost matchup proof, uh, so I totally agree with you on that one. I'm on the Marquise Lee, uh, Marquise Lee bandwagon, Scott. I'm calling it right now. He's a wide receiver, too, on Sunday. You can take it to the bank. And by the way, I'm trying to learn from you, my partner. I'm really trying to get into DFS. I am not good at it, but I'm telling you right now, if you guys go to randallrant.com, on Sunday morning, I will attempt to put a lineup up next to Scott. Scott is the expert. I am not. But Scott, I have a DraftKings lineup that I think is the best lineup I've ever made. And it includes Marquise Lee. That's right. Well, Marquise Lee is that home run threat you need, like we discussed. <laughs> now, the question is, did you stack him with Blake Bortles? God, I hope not. <laughs> no, I, I have learned that from you. No, I have not. Yeah, no, listen, Marcus Lee is the type of guy you got to take a shot with. I think in the DFS world, you know, Alan Hearns, if anybody's drafting Jacksonville wide receivers, and I'm sure there's going to be some, but Alan Hearns will probably get the you know the bulk of the percentage, and it won't be that high. So Marcus Lee could be a safe 3%, 4% ownership guy. And listen, if he hits, those are the guys you need. I talk about it all the time. It sounds like a broken record, but it is what you need. You cannot expect to win with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and, you know, stacking everybody that – it's the same guys everybody else has. All right, ne- next up on the AFC docket, the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Indianapolis to face, I don't know, Scott Tolzien, Jacoby Brissett. I don't know. Does it matter? Uh, Colts, Cardinals in Indianapolis, fantasy implications. I saw a report they are starting Brissett. This is going to be interesting. I think people who are listening are going to be a, l- a little contrarian to my thought process. Number one, let's start with Arizona. Carson Palmer on the road. I am not starting Carson Palmer. Folks, this is where you have to go deeper with fantasy analysis. Everybody's telling you Carson Palmer is a must start. That is not correct. He did not look good in week one at Detroit. He's now going to a cult team, which I know everyone thinks is terrible and everyone thinks they're going to get destroyed. This Arizona team, Scott, does not have David Johnson. So it's going to take an adjustment. Now, as for his weapons, I think Larry Fitzgerald is safe when we're starting him. I would be very careful with John Brown. This quad injury worries me, Scott. J.J. Nelson got the touchdown last week. I am not starting John Brown. I'm not starting uh, Jerron Brown. I'm not starting anyone named Brown, but I am starting J.J. Nelson as a wide receiver three because in the dome, I think his speed will work. As for running backs, you and I have had this debate. 
I think Kerwin Williams, for this week only, I am not saying, Scott, that he's the lead running back there. I think that will be Chris Johnson. But for this week only, I am starting Kerwin Williams because I think he gets first crack. I think he's going to be the first second down guy. I think he gets 15 carries, and I think he's an RB too. As far as Andre Ellington, I know you like him in PPR. I would not use him in this game. I have to see at first. He's also very brittle. Moving over to the Colts, Brissett, of course, we're not starting. For the running back, Scott, I want no interest in Frank Gore. I've been a Frank Gore guy for a while, but I think there's much better options out there for you. I know Marlon Max scored. I have no interest. Robert Turbin at the goal line. That's about it. For the wide receivers, I looked at this. We talked last time. T.Y. Hilton actually does fairly decently when Andrew Luck is not in the game. So I think you can start T.Y. Hilton and his floor is wide receiver three. And I really think he's going to be a wide receiver too. I don't want to start Dante Moncrief. He's two feast or famine. And as for tight ends, if you want to start Jack Doyle, because Jacoby Brissett's going to have short to intermediate route passing, Scott. I think it's reasonable. I probably like him as a tight end 12, maybe 11, no better than that, but he certainly will be a tight end one for you uh, in that week. Interesting game, Scott. Very interesting one in terms of who you're going to start. Yeah, uh, very interesting. I mean, uh, T.Y. Hilton is one of those guys that you had mentioned in the last episode that even without Andrew Luck is a double double point, uh, is a 10 point or higher fantasy guy even without Andrew Luck. So he's probably still matchup proof and you play him anyway, even with Brissett. Uh, Bruce Arians said Kerwin Williams is going to be the guy. He's going to be the feature back, the lead back. Uh, Chris Johnson, I don't think is going to be a factor, not for a little while. I, like, like you said, Andre Ellington for me, real quick. I know I'm going back a couple of years, but he, he was kind of the workhorse in 2013, 2014. You know, he averaged five and a half yards a carry in 2013 in only between 12 games. And he only started one of those games. Caught 39 passes, averaged nearly 10 yards a pass. I, I think he can be as close to David Johnson as that they have on that roster. And I think you need a back like that to help Carson Palmer be successful. So, yeah, I know Kern Williams is the first to go. We'll get the goal line touches. but And I agree with you this week that Williams is the play. But I do think down the road, watch out for Andre Ellington. It's a long shot, but I'm just saying – Keep an eye on him. Let's move our AFC North, Scott. Browns traveling to the Ravens. Interesting here. People talk about survival pool. A lot of people on the Ravens bandwagon here because I don't really see a time when you're going to use the Ravens for the remainder of the year. So it's an interesting play if, you, if, you, uh, if you're doing that. Scott, talk to us about fantasy impact. Ravens at home, home opener against, home opener against the Browns. Yeah, I think this is a safe survivor pick. Um, you know, Sean Kaiser is going to get his first taste of AFC North road games. And you know from watching Bengals, Steelers, Ravens, Steelers, all these games, these teams play against each other. The road teams always have a tough time winning in the other person's building. And I think this is going to be kind of your intro to the NFL. I mean, because Kaiser played pretty well against the Steelers. That was at home last week. He held his own. I think the Ravens will do something similar to what they did to Andy Dalton last week and win this game pretty easily. As far as fantasy impact, on the Cleveland side, the only guy I'm really going to give you with any conviction to start is going to be Isaiah Crowell. I think he will get the bulk of the carries. I mean, I know Duke Johnson lined up in the slot a little bit last week, but he was really a non-factor. So for me, Crowell is the guy you're going to want to target. If you have him, play him. I know the Ravens' D is pretty solid against the run, but still Crowell will be the guy. If you're going to start a wide receiver, you know, with the with the news that, you know, Hugh Jackson's not totally sold on Kenny Britt, Corey Coleman will be the guy. Then. If you need to start a wide receiver and you have Corey Coleman – Start Corey Coleman because he has the best chance to make any type of impact from a wide receiver side. On the Baltimore side, I know I like the Ravens to win this game, but I'm not starting Joe Flacco. Uh, the running backs is an interesting scenario here with Danny Woodhead out now. You got Terrence West, who ran well, but so did Buck Allen. And now they brought in Jeremy Lang- Langford off the practice squad. Well, I don't think Langford will be any part of a factor this week. He could down the road. 
Um, as far as running back goes, I think if you have either one of them, you could start either one of them, Buck Allen or Terrence West, because I think this is going to be a lot of, of what it was last week. 15 to 18 carries each. I think they'll both be involved. They'll rotate. And against the Browns defense, they have a chance to open up and find some holes. Wide receiver side, Mike Wallace was non-existent, and I think he'll be non-existent again for the Ravens. You could start Jeremy Macklin because he is the most, you know, seasoned, the most reliable. So Jeremy Macklin could be, an, could be a wide receiver three, low wide receiver two. So I would start Macklin. Other than that, not a lot of fantasy implications. You got the Ravens defense. Start the Ravens defense because I think they'll have a similar game that they did last week against the Bengals. Scott, Jeremy Macklin, T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. Interesting. Uh, one thing I'll say, I'm going to tell you right now, I have it on my rankings on Fantasy Pros. Terrence West is an RB1 this week. You can book it. They're going to run a pound the ball. He's the guy. I know Lankford's coming in. I think it's more of an indictment of Buck Allen. Buck Allen was running late when the game was over. He's also going to be the third down back. Terrence West early. Terrence West often. Cleveland not buying. Terrence West RB1 this week. Next game on the dock, and we'll stick in the AFC North for the home side. The Steelers hosting the Sam Bradford-led, very impressive performance, Minnesota Vikings on Monday night. Uh, Dalvin Cook, impressive. Vikings traveling to, to the Steelers, AFC North. This is a, this is one of those premier matchups, I think, of the week. You know, you got a top NFC team going into a top AFC team's building. Both of these teams are thinking long term. There's a lot of fantasy star power, uh, definitely on the Pittsburgh side. And maybe there's a lot of fantasy star power emerging on the Minnesota side. Are you buying that star power or not just yet? Well, first of all, you start Ben Roethlisberger at home, whether he's playing the 85 Bears or not. So Ben Roethlisberger, don't get cute. I think he's a top six fantasy play this week. I don't care about the Vikings defense. Le'Veon Bell looking for a big bounce back with him. He's involved early, often. He does everything. I know the Vikings are tough, but this is a game sky. I could see Le'Veon Bell getting like eight to ten catches, okay? A PPR monster. Uh, receiving Antonio Brown, I don't care. Xavier Rhodes, I don't care. You're starting Antonio Brown. I think his floor and standard is is eight points, fancy points, and that's pretty safe. Jesse James, if you had to, I mean, listen, two touchdowns, but he did have six receptions. I think he's reasonable. Martavis Bryant, Scott, you're rolling the dice, man. If you're a Martavis Bryant guy, and you are, and a lot of people on Twitter are, so I think I'm in the minority, I am not starting Martavis Bryant. I understand they're home. It's the Vikings. He's not going to get Xavier Rhodes that much. I understand all that. I'm not interested. Three catches is three catches. I'd rather go somewhere else. If you made me start him, I think he's a wide receiver three, but that is it. Going over to Minnesota, you're not starting Sam Bradford. The Steeler defense is very, very good. Dalvin Cook, he was involved in so many facets, Scott. I think you have to you start him, even though the Pittsburgh run defense is superb. As far as Diggs and Thielen, I think this one is fascinating. Listen, Stefan Diggs had three touchdowns last year, Scott. He had two touchdowns here in the first in the first uh, game of the season. So, are you buying that he's going to be a big factor? I have no idea. Would I start Stefan Diggs? As uh, he's a wide receiver three for me in the Yahoo League that we're in, I'm really struggling with this one. I got to tell you on who I'm going to start with Stefan Diggs. I think I have to start him, but I don't feel great about it. I, I think Thielen is safe in, in PPR. As far as tight end Kyle Rudolph, hasn't been great because Bradford was going to the wideouts and Cook. I think I'd probably rather put Kyle Rudolph on my bench. So overall, I'm worried about the Vikings. I think this is a double-digit win for the Steelers at home. I don't think the Vikings are quite ready yet. Playing the Saints at home is different than going into Blitzburg. So I like the Steelers in this game. Yeah, uh, receiver side, I like Adam Thielen. Doesn't Adam Thielen remind you a little bit of a Julian Edelman type? I, I think he just remi- oh, reminds call. me yeah, of a, just yeah, a, a reliable receiver. I, I'm with you on Diggs. It's a toss-up. I mean, it's a real tough call. I mean, he looked so good Monday night, but... You know, if you had, a, if I had a pick between the two of them, I'm going to take Thielen. I feel like he's the safer choice. 
So for me, it would be Thielen. Scott, Raiders, home opener, big win at Tennessee. They come home and here come the woeful Jets. Spread is 14, by the way. What does that mean for fantasy, Scott? That means that your stars on the Oakland Raiders will get their points. Hope they get it early because I don't think they'll need to get them late. Uh, This game is completely one-sided. It should be one-sided. If it isn't one-sided, then you need to worry about Oakland a little bit. But they look very impressive. Winning in Tampa Bay, they get the first game home. The Jets just don't have anybody. From the fantasy side, I'll make this easy. There's not a single person on the Jets I'm playing. From the <laughs> Oakland standpoint, from the Oakland side, from the Oakland side, you could pretty much play a lot of these guys. Carr, you're playing. You're playing Cooper. Cooper and Crabtree both have potential to be wide receiver one this week. And there's a sneaky guy I like in the receiving corner. That's Jared Cook. I think Jared Cook is top five tight end material this week. So Jared Cook would be someone I play. Charles Clay got 56 yards and a touchdown against the Jets last week at home. Jared Cook, I look for similar numbers. The tight end position is very up and down this year. I mean, everybody's going to, again, you know, think Gronk will have his game in New Orleans because New Orleans stinks. But, you know, he was at home against Kansas City and did nothing. So I like Jared Cook as a top five tight end. Uh, running back, you're going to play Marshawn Lynch. He's going to get touches early. And when if he, he'll find his way in the end zone, and then he'll probably run a lot in the third quarter to put this game away. And then you'll Scott, it's got really interesting on that one. Very, very interesting. I want to get your opinion on it. Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports, great fantasy writer, one of the, one of the best out there. You know, he's got Marshawn Lynch as his number one running back this week. I, and they were, and they, they were all over him. And he said, they said to him, he was on his podcast. I was listening because I have podcast junkie guys that listen to him all. And he's saying, listen, he goes, he's home. It's his first game in Oakland. I think there's going to be Skittles all over the place. And it's the Jets. He goes two touchdowns lock, maybe three. Yeah, I mean, it, two touchdown potential for sure, but just just keep in mind that if this game is as out of hand as I think it's going to be, he won't be on the field in the fourth quarter. So you got to make sure he gets it I first, second, third quarter, because I could see Jalen Richard picking up a garbage time touchdown in the fourth quarter or DeAndre Washington. So Lynch, he has that upside, but he's got to get it done early. If he doesn't get it done early and they happen to break one off to Cooper and Crabtree, and before you know it, it's 27-3 going into the fourth quarter, pretty sure you're not going to see Marshawn Lynch. So... I, I like I like him taking a stand. I like him taking a shot, putting him one. Can he put up two touchdowns at 100 yards? Absolutely. I wouldn't say it's a guarantee, though. Want to want to have some fun here, Scott? Just for fun. Good. Jermaine Curse, Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant. I'll take Curse. I think they're going to be down big. He's going to get cheap points. We'll see how that one plays out. Very interesting. Yeah, that that one. Yeah, no, no, Martavis Bryant. Next game on the docket, Kansas City Chiefs off that impressive, impressive win in New England on opening night. Host the Philadelphia Eagles, who had a nice, impressive win of their own in Washington week one. Carson Wentz looked good. Zach Ertz looked good. I still don't know who's running the ball in Philadelphia. We know who looked good on Kansas City, and I know there's a certain guy you're going to get to shortly. So Kansas City, Philadelphia, do we expect to see the same out of the Chiefs, or is it uh, they come back to earth a little bit? Eagles going to get blitzed in this game. They're on the road. Their defense does not play as well on the road. I know they play well in Washington last week, but I think that was more Washington. When they're home, they're very, very good, the Eagles defense. I'm not starting Carson Wentz. Be careful with this, folks. 26-39, two touchdowns, one interception. He only had six yards rushing. He's going against a tough, tough chief defense that held Tom Brady without a touchdown pass. Why on earth would you start Carson Wentz in Kansas City is beyond me. Like Garrett Blunt, we're not starting him. Enough of that. Wendell Smallwood, Darren Sproles, I don't think so. If you had to start Sproles, he could be an RB2. 
Um, but I, I'm not interested in either one. Zach Ertz, Scott, is a start for me. You're a big Zach Ertz guy. You've been on the bandwagon. You're right. With no Eric Berry there, which is the reason that Rob Gronkowski was held down, I think Zach Ertz is the safest play for the Philadelphia Eagles in fantasy this week. Nelson Aguilar is a 58-yard touchdown catch, no interest. And by the way, Alshon Jeffrey, I've been saying it all year, Scott, is going to be a massive disappointment. Besides his two-point conversion, he was nothing. I'm not starting him either. Now, drum roll, please. Let's head to the Chiefs. I think Alex Smith actually is a fairly safe play. If for some reason, like last week, remember I told Scott in the one league we have, I had Jameis Winston, so I picked up Bradford. I have a similar feeling about Smith. I think Smith is reasonable. He only had three yards rushing last week. He did have four touchdowns. That one happened against Scott. He had, I think, 15 touchdowns all of last year, 16 touchdowns. He had four in week one. So talk about a knee-jerk reaction. I don't think we're talking about Alex Smith with eight, t- eight touchdowns after, after two weeks, but I think he's a safe fantasy play. Now let's go to the running backs. Folks, Obviously, I was off on Kareem Hunt, and I admitted that on Twitter. I said Kareem Hunt won, Mike Randall zero. But folks, that was not for the season. If you think that Kareem Hunt is getting over 2,000 combined yards, you're nuts and you're out of your mind. Now, this is going to be a good game against the Eagles, but Jim Schwartz has a good defense here. Kareem Hunt was not having a great game. For almost the entire first half, I was laughing. So he got the little catch out of the backfield, the little leak. They're not going to slam the ball in at the goal line. He got that little leak out. Then he caught an 85-yard, 78-yard touchdown catch, okay? And then he had the big runs at the end. What I'm saying is I think Kareem Hunt is a solid RB2. I think he's going to get the volume. I am not ready to commit that I'm wrong about him and that he's like the number eight running back in fantasy rest of season. Let's take it easy. But you're going to start Kareem Hunt in this situation. I just think, Scott, he may have a little bit less than 40 points, maybe somewhere around 18, which is still really good. I expect a big bounce back from Travis Kelsey. Only five catches, 40 yards last week. I think he should do fairly well. Tyreek Hill, I mean, I guess at home, Scott, if you want to start him, I just don't like those feast or famine guys. You take away his 75-yard touchdown catch, and you're talking about 50 yards against a Patriot defense that did not play well. But I mean, if you want to start Tyreek Hill, especially at home, I can't argue with you. So there are some starts here. I think Alex Smith is a must start in two QB leagues, but definitely a sneaky start. As far as the Eagles, you know my thoughts on that. Zach Ertz is the best start for me. I need to give you about 30 to 40 seconds to talk about our little Twitter debate that we had the other night. You put out a tester, you put out a feeler poll to test, you know, the sanity, I guess, of the fantasy universe that follows both you and I. And you've matched up Kareem Hunt this week. Let me specify. You said week two in a PPR league, Kareem Hunt home against Philadelphia against DeMarco Murray, Road, Jacksonville. And let me preface this. You're anti-Road and you love Jacksonville and you think Kansas City is going to blitz the Eagles. Hunt won that poll 80 to 20. And you said the fans were nuts. Explain. Thank you. And I appreciate this. Here's my thought. I got very frustrated. And Scott, I'm going to have Kareem Hunt ranked ahead of DeMarco Murray. I'm going to tell you that. What bothers me is this obsessive overcompensation because we want the next shiny toy. We want to be on the rookie bandwagon. Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley ruin this for everyone. People are telling me how Leonard Fournette is great. I understand that Kareem Hunt was fantastic week one. But why, Scott, did you put out a poll in which Le'Veon Bell won, was it, over 80%? He won 81 to 19, as he should. So let's see. Le'Veon Bell is definitely better than Kareem Hunt, but DeMarco Murray isn't. Le'Veon Bell was disappointing. Le'Veon Bell didn't play well. DeMarco Murray was disappointing. DeMarco Murray didn't play well. DeMarco Murray has a good, experienced slate 
in this league. Scotty had 1,100 yards for the Cowboys in 2013. He had the big 1,800 yards of the Cowboys in 2014. If you're going to tell me it's just the Cowboys, then explain last year the almost 1,300 rushing yards. And he had 12 total touchdowns. My point is, why is Kareem Hunt the overwhelming choice against DeMarco Murray? If it was 50-50, this is, there's no comment. He's the overwhelming choice but he's not the overwhelming choice against Bell. Now, you're going to tell me, well, Derrick Henry. Scott, Derrick Henry didn't do anything last week. You came on and said you were shocked how Derrick Henry didn't even play that much. So you can't tell me it's a Derrick Henry factor. It's just why is he better than DeMarco I'm using your better than Le'Veon? I'm using your own argument, though, against you. This isn't DeMarco Murray at home. This is DeMarco Murray on the road at Jacksonville. A defense you love, a defense that just swallowed up the Houston Texans. Simple question for you. Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt, DeMarco Murray, Week 2, PPR, rank them. Oh, in the order that you just said, there's no doubt about so it. Then, I just don't like – it's the percentage, Scott. It's the percentage. But this wasn't a, season, a season-long poll. So if you put – Scott, you put, would, it, Scott would, it blow, would it blow your mind? Would it blow your mind if Kareem Hunt's outscored by DeMarco Murray? And if you're going to say yes, you're going to tell me that you really believe in the Jacksonville defense? But it would. It, but if you, you're going to tell me, I don't predict. Would it blow your mind – that he's better than that he's worse than DeMarco Murray, probably. But it wouldn't shock you that he's worse than Le'Veon Bell. Why? Because you're on the road in Jacksonville, Scott, all of a sudden that's the second coming of, of the toughest place to play. You said it yourself. Le'Veon Bell's home. The Steelers are a, just a different team at home. And he you know he's now with David Johnson gone, he is the best the best overall running back, period. You know, there's question marks with David Johnson on the field between him and Bell. There is no question now. I told you my feelings on why Bell had a bad game last week, and I'm pretty sure. I mean, I can't back, I can't give you facts, but the way, if you listen to Mike Tomlin's press conference last week, he basically blamed penalties and game flow for Bell. To me, this was a statement. You missed training camp. I'm not playing you all game long. The Steelers are notorious for taking care of their players. Ask Antonio Brown, ask Stefan Tuitt. They take care of their players financially. They ask that you show up, come to work, do your job. Bell's going to get his contract. That was, a, that was a statement to Le'Veon Bell. That's why he had that game. He will not have that game this week. Well, hold on a second. Are you doing revisionist history here? Because you came on this podcast and said Le'Veon Bell is a must start. So you can't go back after the fact and say, oh, well, that's just because Tomlin's making a statement. So what you're admitting is you were shocked that Le'Veon Bell was not effective. You didn't come on here and say that Mike Tomlin's going to make a statement. I- that's not I what didn't, you said. I this did, is what I'm saying. In, everyone in. is reacting. Everyone is reacting to what happened. Kareem Hunt had a massive game. Therefore, Kareem Hunt's an automatic start over DeMarco Murray. That's short-sighted, man. But going on, going, going into last week, I did not know if he was going to do that. He came out and said Bell's getting a full workload. But as soon as that game started and you saw James Conner on the field in the first quarter and James Conner running the ball and not Le'Veon Bell, then you knew what was happening. And at that point, Le'Veon Bell became a wasted week for owners that drafted him as high as they did it happened he did it but it was it was to send a message and he also protected his player by blaming it was the, blaming the penalties again if you put out a poll kareem hunt versus demarco murray season long your numbers would have been a lot closer you put it out week two uh scott it's interesting i don't think it would have been scott i'm gonna tell I you think, right now i i think i think i think it's 75 percent kareem hunt. i think it would have been 60 40 and i still think it would have been in favor of hunt because you put out ppr so I think it still would have been in favor of Hunt because Andy Reid's had success with these backs that can catch the ball and run the ball. We've seen it with so many of them. I don't have to go through the list. We've seen it, especially in Kansas City. 
it would have been a lot closer than the 80-20 it was for you. Scott, I just hate, I hate, I hate that really quick. I hate basic fantasy analysis. Kareem Hunt was good, therefore Kareem Hunt will be good. I hate it. You have to zig when other people zag. You have to think outside the box. I, ha- I said Cam Newton's going to be terrible last year. Somebody told me to die on Twitter. You know what? I was right. I want to hear people think outside the box and be their own man. The idea that because what Kareem Hunt did, he's going to be a top three running back the rest of the year or top five, which is what the majority of these people think, and that DeMarco Murray cannot possibly, Scott, get 100 total yards and two touchdowns in Jacksonville. So that, that would be nuts. So then, That would just be nuts. So, it's not So nuts. then why is Austin Hooper a guaranteed one for the Falcons? Uh, because, uh, because tight end is really weak and because I think if Austin Hooper is in tight end number nine, it's fine. That's different. Would it shock you? I'm not saying that. Would it, would it shock you if Jesse James outperformed Austin Hooper? No, but it would. No, but it would shock me if Austin Hooper was not a top 12 tight end. That would shock me. Yes. Okay, Scott, we got two left. How about the Dolphins finally starting up and going against the Los Angeles Chargers in their home opener, cross country trip? Yeah, tough matchup for the home opener. If they were at home in Miami, this might be a different game. Maybe, maybe play it at a motion angle that I thought might work for Houston last week, which it didn't. Um, I agree. You're not starting Jay Cutler here for the Dolphins. Let's see a game with him first. Let's see how he ha- what kind of connections he has with the Dolphin wideouts. Jay Jay, you know, we talked about the injury. I don't think it's a concern. So I think Jay Jay is a full go unless you hear something else. What you know, otherwise going into it on Sunday, you start Jay Jay because the Charger run defense really is not that good. So I think they'll try to get a Jay involved early and often. Wide receiver side. So you know, all, all training camp we heard that Devontae Parker was the guy. It's not Jarvis Landry anymore. So what, what do we do? Do we go off word of mouth? Do we go off what we've seen in the past if you're going to start a wide receiver? So this is a tough call. You may, you know, if I had to pick one of these guys to start, I probably, I personally still lean towards Jarvis Landry because I've seen it enough with him. He, you know, he, he led the league in receptions a couple of years ago. He's been at the top for a few years. So for me, I think Jarvis Landry can offer you wide receiver two value. I guess Devontae Parker could also offer you wide receiver two value, but I think with Jay Cutler just being a tough game on the road for him, I would only start one of them, and it, for me it would be Landry. Julius Thomas I would start because the tight end position is thin like we talked about. He'll probably get a few catches to get Cutler going, get him eased into the game flow. San Diego side, your boys a must-start. Melvin Gordon, Phillip Rivers is a must-start as well at home. He usually has big games at home. I expect no different here in this game. Wide receivers, Keenan Allen's a go. I like Travis Benjamin to get one of those deep threats this week, so I'm going to take Travis Benjamin. Tyrell Williams can give you an RB, th- a wide receiver three, wide receiver two, low value. Same thing with Benjamin. In the tight end position, you know Hunter Henry got no targets last week. Antonio Gates didn't caught a couple passes. I almost maybe we lay off both tight ends because, you know, with Henry not being involved, the Gates being limited, I think you know Rivers is looking more towards his wide receivers. So for me, I'd start the wide receivers. I'd sit the tight ends. I would not play either defense in this game. Uh, very interesting. Jeff uh, Radcliffe from Pro Football Focus, Scott, said that counting all the games up, these are the following players that only shadowed the entire game. Cornerbacks. Cornerbacks who shadow wide receivers. Janoris Jenkins shadowed Des Bryant the entire game. Patrick Peterson shadowed Marvin Jones. And the reason I'm bringing this up, Scott, Jason Verrett and Casey Hayward both shadowed the Denver's wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. The reason I'm saying that is I think they are going to lock down those Dolphins wide receivers. There's no way I'm starting Jarvis Landry. I do like Devontae Parker as well, just not in this game. And and of course, Jay Cutler, I think is going to struggle. But the most important one for me, my friend, Melvin Gordon's going to eat. <laughs> I hope not. I, I so, so I can eat at the end of the year. But yeah, Melvin Gordon should get plenty of action in this game. See the Chargers win in this game. I won't say in blowout fashion, but maybe be pretty pretty easy win, I think, for the Chargers. Last game on the docket for week two. 
Interesting game. One that kind of surprised me from a line standpoint, the Dallas Cowboys, a one-and-a-half-point favorite going into Denver. It's actually three now, Scott. Is it really? Yeah, it's up to minus three. That is uh, that, that To me, that's I, I don't know how to read that. I, I mean, the Broncos, they played well. I know the game got tight late. The defense wore out a little bit against the Chargers, but they got the win. I thought C.J. Anderson looked good. You Talk to me here. Dallas, De- Dallas, a road favorite into Denver. Fantasy implications here. Who are you starting? Who are you sitting? First, I'm going to call right now the Denver Bronco defense is not going to be nearly as good as it was last year without Wade Phillips. I think people are underestimating that. I wasn't surprised to see Keenan Allen toast Chris Harris, and they also made a move there at the end. I think for a while the Chargers struggled. The Denver defense is okay, but they are not good against the run, Scott. They got away from Melvin Gordon because they were down big, but the Cowboys would not get away from Ezekiel Elliott. He's going to have a tremendous game. I don't like Des Bryant in this game because I think they're going to get up for it, and as I told you, Des Bryant is simply touchdown dependent. I would bench Des Bryant. I wouldn't have played him last week, Scott. And I wouldn't have played him this week. I'm benching Des Bryant yet again, and we're going to go two for two. You ready? Ted Ginn over Des Bryant for two weeks in a row. As far as other uh, players, Jason Witten, you, you could if you wanted to, but I think he's going to have to stay in again to protect. I said that against the Giants, but that was home, Scott. They go on the road against Denver. I probably would avoid Witten if you had to play him. I think it's reasonable, but remember, they shut down Gates and they shut down Hunter Henry. Both had really very little games. Henry didn't even catch, like you said. Going over for the Broncos side, you know, Demarius looked okay. They tried to get him the ball. I would feel confident with Demarius as maybe a wide receiver too. Uh, Simeon was solid. I mean, he looked, he was decent. And C.J. Anderson looked pretty good. C.J. Anderson's an RB2 for me. The people who love C.J. Anderson, he's so polarizing on Twitter, they're way out of control with C.J. Anderson, okay? This is a guy who's never been able to do this for a full season. He's still living off the fact that like two or three years ago, he had six good games at the end of the season and won fantasy championships for people. So I would start him as an RB2, but that's pretty much it. I think he can start Sanders and Demarius. If you made me pick, I'll take Sanders. Sanders because he had a touchdown that just went through his fingertips and you're not starting Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I agree with a lot of those points. I'm not starting Trevor Simeon. Gordon's going to eat. I like CJ Anderson. I know you said you're not as crazy about CJ Anderson. I think he goes under the radar a little bit and I think he was dismissed a lot in fantasy drafts this year. He put together a nice game last week. I think he does the same this week. Quarter four, my friend, ready to go. Let's hit it. All right, guys, fourth quarter here. Let's hit you with a little bit of, you know, a mix of things. We got some rapid fire. We got some picks. We got some DFS. I'm going to start with a little rapid fire. I put together a little bit of a list. I want to throw it at my partner here. I'm going to give him head-to-head. I want to know who's the better play this week in these specific head-to-head matchups. Partner, are you ready to go? Let's go, man. Can't wait. Quarterbacks, I'm focusing on the primetime games. First up, Sunday night, Aaron Rodgers versus Matt Ryan. Going Aaron Rodgers always plays well. Matt Ryan, I think, could be a little more uh, run-heavy. I think it's a big game for Rodgers. Second game on the docket. I talked about this a little bit. Matt Stafford versus Eli Manning. I'm going to go Eli Manning at home. I'm not still a solo and Stafford yet like you are. I, I, I'm going to be hesitant there. Giants have a decent defense. Maybe a turnover too. I'll take Eli. Running backs, Jay Ajayi versus Todd Gurley. Oh, Gurley's home. Terrence West, CJ Anderson. Terrence West, not close. Wide receivers, revenge game, Brandon Cooks versus Michael Thomas. Uh, I'm going to go Brandon Cooks. I think it's a scheme. I trust Belichick scheming. You know, Malcolm Butler's still there. He's a slot guy. Cooks is going to be all over the place. I'm going Cooks. Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs. (sighs) (laughs) Hill's home. I'll take Hill. Tight ends. I know this is your boy, but you actually like them both. Same game. Austin Hooper versus Martellus Bennett. Ah, Hooper. Hooper. Less options on offense. Although I like Mohamed Sanu, but less offense. Jared Cook. Versus Jesse James. I'm not a Jared Cook guy. 
I, I think he's okay. I think he's very five for 60. I don't think he's having a big day. I'm going to go with Jesse James. I'm even going to throw some defenses at you. The Baltimore Ravens home against the Cleveland Browns, the Arizona Cardinals road Indianapolis Colts. No, Baltimore Ravens home. home. Final one for me. Both teams at home. Both teams with big weeks last week. The Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Los Angeles Rams. Ooh. I'll go the Jaguars. I think they're legit, Scott. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I happen to like both of them. That's why I paired them up here. I think that was a very, very tight one. I think both of them perform just as well as they did week one and week two. Here we go. I'll give you a couple. Ready? Let's go. Christian McCaffrey or Jacquiz Rogers? Jacquiz Rogers. Yeah, I agree with you. Jacquiz Rogers or Terrence West? Terrence West. Jeremy Macklin or Larry Fitzgerald? Larry Fitzgerald. Stefan Diggs or Michael Crabtree? Michael Crabtree. Interesting. Okay. Stefan Diggs or Paul Richardson? You know I'm a big Paul Richardson guy. I know. That's why I I am a very big (laughs) Paul Richardson guy. And I think... I know he's not. I know he's not in his prime anymore. But I would expect Joe Hayden to line up against Stefan Diggs this week. I okay. will take a stand and take a shot with Paul Richardson. Very good. I like that call. Very good. Kareem Hunt, Devontae Freeman. Yeah, I know why you asked me this one. That's fine. <laughs> I will stick to the track record and take Devontae Freeman because the Packer defense stinks. Terrell Pryor, Alshon Jeffrey. Terrell Pryor. I'm with you on Alshon Jeffrey. I, I I just don't think that's a fit in Philadelphia. I think he's just too many injuries and he's just slowing down at a rapid pace. Dalvin Cook in PPR or Carlos Hyde? Dalvin Cook. And last one for me, Brandon Cooks or Martavis Bryant? There's only one answer. It's Brand- No, it's Brandon Cooks. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I could try to go with my heart and I expect him to go up top and have a big game. But it's Brandon Cooks. All right, Scott, it's time for our picks. Interesting first week. It was a tough week, hard to predict. I went two and two. You went one and three. It was very close there. But we're going to pick four picks, folks. This is how we end each th- uh, Friday morning segment. And we're going to make our picks and see how we do. So, Scott, I believe I get first pick now because of uh, last week. Is that fair? You do. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. The line is fishy, Scott, and I'm going to go against Vegas. Scott, if you're going to give me seven points with Drew Brees at home, I'm going to take it every time. I know Belichick is great. I understand that. But I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than people think. I'm going to go with the Saints getting seven. I know it makes no sense. People are going to say it's fishy. But you know what? The defense did not look good. Dante Hightower may not play. Breeze is going to put up points at home, Scott. And you're going to give me seven to start. Give me the Saints plus. Yeah, I looked at this line too. It's very fishy. I wanted to lean New Orleans, but I laid off it. Glad you picked that one. First one for me, I talked about this earlier. I think this is just an easy roll job. It's his first AFC North Road game. Ravens laying eight at home against the Browns. I think the Ravens, given the points, I think this is another 23-3, 23-6 game. I think the Ravens win this one in hand. Next one for me, Scott, I'm staying with him. I like him this year a lot. I've liked him since I was sitting on the beach down there in New Jersey listening to the beat reporter. The Chargers are absolutely going to pound the Miami Dolphins. I like Jay Cutler. I like the Dolphins. I like Adam Gaze. They're going to be blitz 14-0 before you get out of the first quarter. The Chargers have played. They're going across country. Now Jay Jai with maybe a knee thing. 
They're going to be in the backfield all day. Melvin Ingram's fired up. Joey Bosa, the whole thing. Chargers minus three and a half. Feel very confident about that one. Second one for me, very confident about this as well. I think this is another, another one of many romps this week. Seattle at home. I got them laying 14 to San Francisco. It won't even be that close. Seahawks win this game very, very easy. I like picking the big games, so we're going to go down to Atlanta. Atlanta minus three against the Packers. Scott, I'm just not sold on Atlanta. It's Sarkeesian. The Packers did very well. They did well in the NFC Championship game there. They won last year 33-32 there. The Packers had a nice win against Seattle. The Falcons had to basically have a goal line stand in a a really tough spot there because if the Bears scored there, they're going to kick the extra point. They're going to lose. I'm just not buying that this is the same Falcons offense yet with the new offensive coordinator. And you're going to give me three points with Aaron Rodgers, Scott? Thank you. Packers plus three. Parlay that with the over. Ah, nice. Next on the docket for me, a third big, big win here. The Oakland Raiders, 13 to the Jets. I mean, how how did the Jets stay involved in this game? I just don't see it. The Raiders just went cross-country. I know that. They, but they beat a very good Titan team by 10 points. Now they come home to face a Jet team that just has – they just don't have anybody. I think they're going to – Jets will play hard. They're not going to quit. I know the owners and the front office is looking to tank for a quarterback next year in the draft, but the players are not. But regardless, they just don't have enough talent. The Raiders in hand, laying 13. It's, to me, very easy. I got two left that I like. Don't take mine. I am not ready to anoint the Jacksonville Jaguars as as dominant as they showed. I know their defense is good. But why does Vegas make the Titans a three-point favorite? The Titans lost at home to the Raiders. Jacksonville won at Houston. Now Jacksonville's coming home and the Titans are favored by three. I think they bounce back. I think the Titans have a good offensive line. I think their defense up front is pretty good. It's still Blake Bortles. I will take the Titans minus three. The other game I was thinking about was Arizona-Indianapolis. But I'm going to go the Titans minus three against Jacksonville with my last pick. I just believe in Mariota in the bounce back. Yeah, for, for my final game, we talked about this a few minutes ago. I don't understand this line. It just makes zero sense to me. And I'm with you. The way you've taken the points with the Saints, I am taking the three with the Broncos at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Look, the Cowboys beat the Giants. But let's, be, let's face it, other than Ezekiel Elliott, they were not impressive. I know he'll run the ball. He'll probably put up still some good numbers. But... The Broncos at home in that atmosphere and that altitude plus three against an NFC team in the Cowboys. Take the Broncos plus three every time, and I'll take them this time. Before we wrap this up, I know our picks are almost done. I just want to give you guys a couple of DFS notes and DFS plays. You know, I'm one of those guys. You've probably heard us talk about it a little bit. Mike knows that I'm a quarterback wide receiver stack guy. I did it last week on the low end with Brian Hoyer, Marquise Goodwin. It did not work out for me. This week's stack will, but it's going to cost you some money. Matt Ryan to Julio Jones, stack them, use them, watch the points grow. The salaries are high. Combined, you're looking at 16700 of your 60000 salary, so you're going to have to find some values elsewhere. I also, in the same game, love Ty Montgomery this week. Talked about it earlier. Just absolutely love him, and I think the price point is perfect. At 5800 he can offer you some value. Wide receiver side, give me Chris Hogan at 5600 I know People look for Cooks to have a big game. I think Hogan has a sneaky good game. Rebounds from a shady, shady, uh, shaky, shaky game one. Told you all, I've been talking about him a lot tonight, too. I like Jared Cook at the tight end position, 3,300. He'll pick apart the Jets. He'll get six or seven catches. He'll find the end zone. He's great value at 3,300. 
And there's a couple ways you can go on defense. My defense pick for 3,700 is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. You can see my full lineup up on the website, RandallRand.com. Mike already told you he's going to pair up, match up a lineup against me, so you can watch them both, see how we do. And for me this week, those are just some some DFS plays I would use. If you're playing DraftKings, this is specific for DraftKings. If you're playing them in that $20 millionaire tournament, taking a shot at that million, some guys you might want to target. Sounds good, guys. Thanks so much. Hope you love the podcast. If you do, please go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a comment. Go to RandallRant.com. We got stuff. We got articles. We got rankings. Uh, and you'll uh, unleash the big Mike Randall DFS a play. I am not the expert, folks, but I'm giving it a shot and I feel good about it. No stacks for me, Scott, which means I'm probably in trouble. Drum roll, Thanks please. So Burke laying eight <laughs> in the DFS matchup. <laughs> yeah, at least eight, definitely. All right, folks. Thanks so much. We'll catch up to you on Tuesday morning.